I'm Erica Hollingsworth, and you're listening to the F1 Podcast. What's up, everyone? It is Richie here from the F1 Podcast. Today is February 17th, 2024, Season 4, Episode 2, and I'm here with Andrew Cleary. Andrew, how are you doing, my man? Doing fantastic. You know, the season is right around the corner. We got testing next week. I am excited to get the 2024 season underway. Like, we're going to be at Trinity Common in two weeks for the first race. And it's going to be on a Saturday at 10 a.m. So we do have seats available at our section, but also you can call in and make a reservation. Also, this is episode two of season four. So make sure you listen to uh, episode one where we interviewed Nicole Haverda and talk about her racing experience as a Canadian female a motorsport driver. Also, we've hit 800 followers on Instagram. So thank you for all the love and support. Also, it'll be myself and Andrew for most of this month for this week's episode. Erica's on a nice long vacation down to New Zealand. So hopefully she can go to the Australian Grand Prix for us. We do need a correspondent on the grounds in Australia. So she's there. Might as well kill two birds with one stone, effectively. I I think it would make sense. So if anyone in Australia, like hit up the F1 podcast and see if we can extend our trip to the Australian Grand Prix. Okay, so I think what we had planned for this week's episode, similar to last season, where we reviewed each of the liveries. Since we've recorded our last episode, there's been a lot of news surrounding all the teams. So I think what we're, we were thinking for this episode, talk about the liveries and we'll talk about whatever drama or any information that's come from that team. So we have our list, we have our thoughts, we have our pictures of nice cars, ugly cars. We'll dive in and get to it. So we're gonna go off the standings from last year, uh, last season's constructors. So we're going to start with number 10, Haas. It's an all mostly an all-black card this year. I think it's a little bit sleek. It is nicer. It is, yeah, predominantly black compared to last year's car. I mean, it is nicer. I think I like the all-black about it, but what do you think? And they, oh, I don't know if you noticed, they have the little bit of American flag on the on the nose of the car. It's pretty much a carbon copy of last year's livery. And ironically, majority of this livery is made out of carbon to help for weight reduction purposes. And knowing Haas, they're gonna need all the reduction purposes they can get in order to become a competitive car in this season. I, I'm gonna give it like a three out of 10 in terms of oh. livery because we've already seen it. It's There's a common element, a common theme that we're going to see a lot this year in terms of the carbon fiber look. When it first kind of came out, I was like, oh, that's it. But maybe that's all that they can afford, knowing Gene. You lose. Okay, well, I was going to go with like a 6.5. I I mean, we've kind of already seen it, but I I don't think I'm giving out any full 10s here. So I'm just, I was trying to be reasonable, but, you know, curious to see. Actually, you know what, let's kind of go down to a 6 because I think some of the news coming out of Haas is Gunther Steiner is no longer with Haas F1. Um, You know, everyone knows him from that lovable commentator for Drive to Survive, provided a lot of great sound bites for the team. And I think there was just clearly a discontent or a disagreement in Gene Haas and Gunther Steiner in terms of finances. I think we're going to miss him on the grid. I hopefully he can land somewhere that the team has been struggling, but you also need to invest in your team. And I don't think the, that investment was there for Gunter Steiner to succeed. No, and he even pushed, like the big reason why, as you mentioned, the disagreement came into fact was because Gunther wanted Haas, you know, Gene to invest in the team. And I don't know, every move that Gene has made since, you know, for a couple of seasons now is that he's been finding ways to cut back costs 
you can't do that in this sport in order to succeed. You, you know, it's just, it's a very North American viewpoint of how to try to perform, right? Just trying to enhance your profits as an owner. But the issue with that is that you're not going to have a competitive car. And, yeah. you know, Haas's new uh, team principal, Ayo uh, Komatsu, you know, he, he was kind of Gunther's right-hand man during, if you look for the DTS, he's, you know, he's always there with Gunther kind of providing his head of performance. Um, but now that he is the team principal, I'm concerned that he just might, I don't want him to become a yes man for Gene, but I feel that Gene kind of made that move so that he can then still have his way as owner in that case. And when Io made a comment this year already that they're going to be the slowest car in Bahrain, I'm, I'm just, I have no faith in this team to remote, remotely come anywhere close to a points finish this season. And not only that, I think he's also was pretty clear that he's like, I'm not going to try to be a Gunter Steiner. Like, that's not who I am. And I, I, I don't know, if I was a Haas fan, I, like, I don't know what I'd be looking forward to in the, in the start of the season. You lose your most charismatic. I mean, the only thing is you have your two drivers returning again next, this year. And I think there, we'll talk about this in our probably our next episode about our season predictions. But I, it, it'd be tough to see why a 10th place team will be anything higher than that, given what has happened over this year. And what, what really annoys me, too, is um, the fact that with regards to Gene and not wanting to put any money involved within the team whatsoever. We had a bid rejected by F1 for the Andretti team to come into Formula One, citing that, um, you know, Andretti doesn't bring any value to F1. F1's bringing the value to the Andretti brand. And I'm just thinking here, seeing, okay, what, what value does a Haas brand bring to Formula One? These guys are just garbage when it comes to performance on track. And when you hear KMAG here that uh, they haven't invested in, say, like a wheel gun or any wheel gun update since like 2016, I'm like, this is insane. We have, we've had a new tire specs for how many seasons now? They don't even have a sim. What kind of value does they bring to F1 whatsoever? Andretti too, you know, he is a former Formula One champion. He won in 1978. He won 12 races. He got 19 podiums. You have somebody who's willing to wanting to come in and he's showing more fire than what one team on the grid is currently looking for. It's kind of like a slap in the face that F1, like I, I don't really buy the agreement uh, or the the conclusion why he, they don't think that he should be in it. But hey, never say less, whatever. We're just going to have to move on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm big Gene Haas out proponent right now. I never understood why he doesn't want to invest in the team. And if he doesn't want to continue to invest at all, uh, then there's no point for him to be on the grid. The talk about investments is we all care about cash money. Mm -hmm. So why not put it in an app and call it Visa Cash App Racing Bulls? Visa Cash Back App Crap Racing Bulls? Uh, so yeah, this was, uh, for a lot of people that don't know, AlphaTauri uh, basically have changed names. This now Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. And honestly, I look at the car, I think it's a, it is a little bit more cleaner, but it's going back to your old Toro Rosso color seams. It is the Red Bull Sisters team which has like a striking blue and white design. They're moving away from that Navy dominated. It, I thought, I don't know if you watched the actual yeah. reveal, but they had, you know, Daniel Ricardi, uh, Daniel Ricardo, Yuki Tsunoda. And then they Josh had Kendrick, was in that, that as well, which is pretty neat. Then you had Kendrick Lamar performing at the ceremony. And then he didn't really look too impressed when they did that photo afterwards. So yeah, it was really interesting. Some bold comments by Ricardo. He said that, I feel like this is another step up now. We don't, we are no longer just a platform for Red Bull racing. It's time for us to fight at the front of the midfield, mind you. 
We'll see if that backs up the statement. I think it is a much cleaner car and I like it much better than last year's car. So I'll give this one a seven. This was such a refreshing livery to be unveiled considering that we, you know, up until that point, there was just carbon fiber after carbon fiber after carbon fiber just being thrown on. It's beautiful. It resembles the Toro Rosso look with the blue. I love the Visa silver that they've included into like the body um, where the side pods are. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 because I just think it was such refreshing. And it's funny, for a team that I think has, it's just a terrible name, like Visa Cash App Racing Bulls, V-Card for short. Richie, I don't know if you noticed this, but the look of the design of the car looks very much similar to the RB19 that won 23 races, or 22 of 23 races last season, or 21, sorry. A ton of races last season, so I can see why Daniel made these comments about how it's time for them to start fighting at the front of the midfield because if they have kind of the similar specs and design as the RB19, they may be one of the shocks of the season, I would say, in terms of growth and positioning. AlphaTauri at one point could be fight was fighting the midfield. Remember a couple of years ago, we were like, AlphaTauri could be in that five P5, P6 role. And they just, they lost investment going down. Uh, now that they're more connected with the team, I think that they're going to maybe go back to that prominent role. And uh, let's see how Yuki grows in that team this year, then if they have a pretty challenging car. Um, but I thought it was funny when Daniel Ricardo got asked about his uh, the team's acronym called B Carb, and he goes like, "Well, you you always need your vitamins and your carbohydrates every day, right?" So we're gonna call it the V Carb from now on. Yeah, you gotta get your vitamins A, B, Cs, and Ds, kids. You know, let's <laughs> uh, listen to your doctors. That's your our health take. So important. Alpha Romeo is no longer, and for one year, it's the Sal Salber. Is it Salber F one steak? It's the medium rare steak Sauber kick kick you in the ass team. I don't know something like this ridiculous name because just kick their steak as their main sponsors. Kick Sauber Ferrari or steak F one team kicks Sauber. So I literally had to just confirm. So anyway, well, Richie, why did they have to change names? Well, didn't they? Wasn't there some legal thing that happened? <laughs> I mean, this is hilarious. So Stake F1 team is facing potential legal challenges in Switzerland, where they, I believe that's where the manufacturer resides, or the constructor resides over advertising regulations, because under Stake is an F1 betting platform uh, that has, I think, a holding company in Curaçao, uh, where it's it's an Aussie-based kind of, you know, betting platform, but it's... Online betting is not always legal in every country that they go to. So the fact of the matter is, is that it's, you know, and they can't advertise gambling straight up when they go to said country. So and even in Switzerland, where the team resides, is you can't even call it stake F1 team when you go to uh, a country that doesn't allow for online gambling or any gambling rights whatsoever. So how do they not think of this when they're looking for their title sponsor at the end of the day? And, and, and I think you would, you would try to understand this because even like some countries that F1 races in, alcohol is not like per permitted or forbidden. And so some of the teams have to hide their alcohol sponsors when they race in said country for, uh, for that weekend. So I think just like, Overall, that's like a big if or oof moment. And to top it off, like also there is a Canadian connection. You had our, you know, Drake doing some sponsor stuff for the team as well, leading up to the livery. Um, I think this team, I think this team got not only that they had that screw up with all this legal issues. Now they did a total 180 of the car color. And then before it was like a black kind of darker reddish, which I thought looked really like sexy to like a, a black and 
don't know what you call this lime green. I'm not a fan of it. I'm going to be very honest. It's kind of ugly. I kind of understand what they're going for. And in the sense that, you know, the fluorescent green is a pretty neat touch. But again, it's a very black color, right? So it kind of blends in with the rest of the crew or some of the cars that are going to be out there this year. But I think that green adds a nice pop to it uh, in terms of the overall design. But I like, I maybe give it like a five out of 10 tops. I'm going to go four Alpine and, you know, you Alpine. Will, I think you mean Williams, Williams next. They stuck to their largely same color scheme for 2024 for from last year's FW45 with various shades of dark and navy blue. I also still like how they kept the Duracell yeah. on the top of the car. And I think that is a very good. Uh, I think that's probably like one of the neatest in features with regards to livery um, that they had where, you know, the, the top head exhaust. That's the end of the Duracell battery. And then that whole side, that whole kind of top part has that Duracell logo integrated within it. It's uh, yeah. I, you know what? I, I always love Williams's liveries because like going back to that old blue style, especially with the, the partnership with golf, one of the, it's like one of those liveries that you just don't change. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a classic and they've kind of did a little refinement to it this year. And in my opinion, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 because it is, just really nice how because uh, it has that classic look to it. It's it's still uh, modern in its approach. Uh, also, I don't know if you noticed this, but they added a red and white in stripe around the nose and the side pod, uh, which was a nod to its British identity. Their race winners like Nigel Mansell and Canadian Jacques Villeneuve. So they gave like a nod to their to them kind of in this car. So that was kind of really nice to see. You know, I, I think we have high hopes for Williams this year. I don't know if maybe a podium is could be in the bag. I think that will be a team that will surprise a lot of people next year. James Vows is really confident in uh, how with the project, like the trajectory of the team. I think hiring James Vows as the team principal for Williams was probably one of the best decisions that uh, the Rolton Capital Ventures made with regards to their tenureship in Williams. And Overall, I think if Logan can have a great bounce back season after his rookie year and if Albin can grow because Albin's been pipped to, you know, sign with a few different teams in 2025. But I think they should try and keep him at Williams based on um, the overall growth that that team's had. I think that they could be challenging in the midfield in a couple seasons coming up. Yeah, I think time will time will tell. And I think we're just confident drivers like Alex Albon. Like I can see him like being able to score, bag some big points for the team. So moving on to number six, and sorry to our Williams fans uh, for skipping you. My apologies there. Uh, we got Alpine. Not a lot of pink than I anticipated. They lied to us on the on the livery launch. Like they did be before the launch of the livery in the cars. Alpine had this picture that they posted of the nose, and it was like this pink kind of camouflage fluorescent or floral looking design on the nose for the car. And then they unveiled this just hunk of junk. So they, they unveiled this kind of, you know, what, what Alpine was like, especially these past couple of seasons, is that they've had the, you know, that really nice pink livery for the first couple of years. BWT is a prominent sponsor of, you know, a, like a really kind of unique color design and overall logo design that we incorporate within the Alpine. And then as well, they had like that nice blue Alpine look to it with regards to they had some green and some red out, outer tones with the Casper sponsorship. But this year it is just blah. 
I bet you they had, I bet you the delivery design, design team had a couple ideas. For weight reduction purposes, it's majority carbon fiber again. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, like, not only that, and I think there were some comments made that even Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon didn't even look really impressed during the whole uh, presentation. I don't know if that was, like, purpose or I don't know if it's about memes, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, if you kind of lie off the bat there in a, in a social media, like you kind of really just like shoot yourself in the foot. So I like, I, I'm hesitant to really give this car a high rating. Um, Cause I don't think there's really any change. So I'm like, I'll just stick to a five with it. A three, just because of the expectation that I had um, from Alpine and traditionally what they've been able to do with their liveries, just to kind of go to this look. It's interesting this case, because as you mentioned, Esteban and Casley did not look happy. This is a real big season for Alpine in terms of a turnaround because of all the torment and just the kind of, you know, the ton of DNFs last season we talked about in our year-end review, as well as just the overall, there was in-team fighting right at the beginning of the season, right with Gadsley crashing into Ocon or vice versa in Australia. Yeah. Uh, this is a really big team for this team to kind of cement themselves back into the top five. Uh, you know, and, and compete. So I don't know what that's going to entail for Alpine, but especially since Ocon is still under Mercedes management, uh, and we'll talk about this later, he might be picked to replace a certain seat on that team. Yeah, like, honestly, time will tell. There is going to be, I think that's another team that, like, what is going to be the future for Alpine in Formula One or or just in general, just with their two drivers and if they're going to stay with the team. Um, I guess now let's go to, now we're getting to, I think the top five mm -hmm. and, you know, who obviously had a, like a really good season last year, Austin Martin. I'll be neutral here. Like a, like as a classic Tiffany green look, you know, this was built at your first campus in Silverstone, hyper-focused journey campaign. And it looks, it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, the only thing I've noticed is no more Peroni sponsorship because I think a certain <laughs> team stole took us. that. <laughs> stole it from us. Uh, so immediately uh, marks off there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. It looks nice. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything real, real change, but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts on the Austin Martin's car this year. I, I really like the uh, yellow highlighter stripe that goes through kind of like a flow um, on the side pods of the car and kind of the side work, side body of, of the overall car itself. Uh, yeah, it's a classic Tiffany green look. And that's again, what the Aston Martin brand is. So I'm really happy that Lawrence stayed on brand with regards to the team colors and whatnot. And as you mentioned, Lawrence has put some, a ton of investment into these new AMR technology campus at Silverstone. And this is the air AMR 24 is the first Aston Martin to be built there. So as a result, the car has been refined in a lot of areas, notable differences in the nose and the front wing, um, but as well as aero changes have been made in the push rod near suspension just because I think of uh, Mercedes is uh, equipment or parts that they're providing. So Alonso though has been very quite vocal with how he wants the car, especially with how poorly it performed in a straight line towards the end of last season yeah. in that case. So he's been quite vocal in terms of the development of the car this year. And I think they've taken in the team at um, Silverstone have really taken that into account with regards to the development of the AMR 24 uh, and Lawrence Stroll is also expecting quite a better performance out of the car, but I really hope he directed that comment towards his son because his son needs to be a lot better in Formula One in order to have this team get to a top four finish. Well, it's really interesting that you make those comments because even when I've just seen some of the highlights of their their launch, they kept always talking about, oh, Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso, and just like the other 
Mike, oh, you guys have another driver, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but that other driver did not help <laughs> whatsoever in last year's Constructors' Championship towards the end. But you know what? I love it. I'm going to be semi-biased here, and I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 just because I love the Aston Martin. That Tiffany Green look is just so classic. Yeah, looking at it again, I was going to go a 7, but I'm going to give it a 7.5. I think I do like when you talk about that yellow line. I think that does a really nice, really nice take. Uh, I don't know. I find it just cleaner. Let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Y'all go 7.5 for Austin Martin. Okay, now we're getting to the top four. Claren. Okay, so be careful. The photo that we have here, is this the car? Because they didn't they do like a an early release too? Like what was... I think someone fake- leaked the photo by accident. Somebody, okay. I, I, again, I don't know how that's... Because it was supposed to be released on Valentine's Day. And yeah. delivery just kind of got put on their social media page a couple, a couple weeks before that. And it was like, uh... Is this it? Well, immediately I, I posted a photo thinking that I was like, oh, is did they just release it? But yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the car. Uh, what's your overall thoughts on it? I think it's a little too much black. Yeah, again, it's going to that carbon fiber look. And that was kind of the trend start with regards to, you know, weight. Uh, you know, again, it's a lot of it's for weight reduction purposes. You're going to see that, especially with the rate regulations are now more strict uh, this coming season. But at least they threw in that classic papaya thankfully yeah. uh rather i still love how they have the google um the google wheels. branded uh wheel well uh, was it like the tires in terms yep. of the wheel drum i would they also uh, a I'm, lot I'm, more chrome in the car if you know what i mean yeah uh well it depends what update you're uh, dealing with for google chrome uh, <laughs> i would have wanted more orange so but i think a seven is fair yeah i'm gonna give it a 6.5 because it still has that classic papaya look uh, in, in in within the car itself. And that's kind of, you know, what McLaren fans have not come to know and love. And I wish they had a little bit more chrome added to it to pay an homage back to his Vodafone McLaren Mercedes days. Because uh, I think that was one of the best liveries ever made. <laughs> So I, I think let's let's just also kind of talk a little bit about McLaren. I think big news coming out uh, this season is... Now that we've kind of noticed, I think it was nine drivers that need to resign next year. And one of those, I think, was Lando Norris. So Lando Norris has signed a multi-year extension beyond 2025, clearly showing that they see so much potential in him and for the future of his career at McLaren. So I, I think the one thing that he'll just need to do is win a race to really prove his worth. But like he's starting to get podiums for the team. He's starting to show that his and he's also aged too. I don't know if you've seen photos of him when he first started with McLaren to now. Now it's really interesting to kind of see the growth that he's had since he started racing. Yeah, I think he's become more mature too as a race driver. But yeah, I think <laughs> the first win is kind of looming over his head right now. But I feel once he gets that first win, it's going to be a snowball effect and he's going to win more and more and more races, uh, especially if McLaren give them a really competitive car this year to fight. Uh, Red Bull, you know, based on last season's projectory, I, projections, I feel like that McLaren will be the team to really showcase uh, a challenge for Red Bull this season. But it's clear that Lando Norris is the guy. He is McLaren's num- number one. Uh, Oscar Piastri might have something to say that, but again, he's still coming off a rookie campaign, which he was very, he was very successful. So I, I really do think that they do have um, great, a really great one-two tandem at McLaren for the next few years. Yeah, and then I think uh, there's also still some news. Uh, it sounds like Zach Brown isn't giving up his efforts to convince the FIA to take action against Red Bull's partnership with their sister outfit, 
Visa Cash app. Curious to kind of see if if the FIA will play play anything there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to kind of just see what where how McLaren starts the season because we've seen the last couple of seasons where they've started the season not on a very high note. I, I think they're going to continue on with the momentum uh, from the end of last season going into this year. I think they have the right personnel now that Andrea Stella is the team principal to really make a push uh, to become you know that that main challenger for Red Bull this season. But yeah, going back to what you're saying about uh, Zach Brown, I completely understand why he's doing it from an FIA perspective because the racing bulls have kind of the same voting power as rebel and you're able to combine that voting power um create influences on decisions within fia and, and even zach was saying that some of these decisions that they vote for don't necessarily favor their overall outfit but that's politics in a way right and you know red bull may took an opportunity to back up 15 years ago when they or not even 15 like probably like is like 20 years ago maybe when they put in the second team to help with regards to the junior program no one said anything then really um, or made any efforts to stop it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be they wouldn't been able to have a team like that coming forward. So that, I can see where he's coming from, but I'm not too sure how or if that if, if that partnership will ever fade. Yeah, time will tell. So we'll definitely have to see how that plays out. So now we're getting to the top three. Uh, next one we have is Ferrari. Some I think some honestly some big changes to the car. I've already noticed. Roni is one of their major sponsors, uh, Italian Italian beer company. So now you've seen that on the car. Also, they have this like this really nice white and yellow stripe kind of going through the car and even on the nose nose too. I think also I've just even noticed some of their clothing is even much cleaner and less black on it. I know for me, I found like last year there's just too much black on the car and it, it like kind of really like like not try to hide the red, but try to be like that color. So it looks like a much cleaner car too. Um, I think the clothing, I think definitely this will probably be the year buy, people will buy a lot of stuff. Really wish they moved that shell uh, on the shirts up because I think it should match the Ferrari back, uh, from like if it's on this side of the shirt or that side. I don't like how it's still lowered because I think the UPS symbol used to be there um, or vice versa. But yeah, I'm going to give this one an 8.5. There, There's a lot of talk about Ferrari, but I wanted to wait to hear what your thoughts to the car. I, I honestly love this livery. It's so cool. Again, I love this. Yeah, you mentioned the, the white and yellow stripe that goes through the side pod. I love the new redesign of the side pod too, because they have the, the air vents more on the shoulders of the car than in the pod itself. Um, it looks slick in that case. I love the numbering too, and how it's like that bright white in your face. Uh, Parson, the Peroni logo looks nice on the car. I think it suits the car well. But then also they kept that classic Ferrari logo on the uh, on the rear wing itself. I'm going to give this a nine and a half out of ten. Oh wow! Honestly, Ferrari has always got just like that classic red, right? And you when you look when you think of a sports car, or you think of an F1 car. What's the first car you really think of? Ferrari, right? So they what they stuck to their roots on this livery. It looks incredible. No, I, I think. It's going to be a fantastic car to see out on the grid this year. It wasn't really quiet at Marinello this year, was it? I was actually surprised how there was only like a minute long like release of it. There was no like campaign. There was no Ferrari fans sitting in the crowd for like the reveal of the livery. It was just a one minute video and that was kind of it. They probably just said like, you know, let's not do that again. And uh, I, I also want to know that, well, let's talk about their promotion material. 
the screw up with the pit stop and the the top left front wheel on the left side oh. took a little slower and, and everyone just roasted them and then they, their admins like posted the wrong video whoops <laughs> yeah, their poetry emotion campaign i got it's just so ironic right poetry emotion that the front left got stuck on the on the pit stop and so everyone was like this is we're not even starting the season in bahrain yet and yet we had issues with the pit stops <laughs> and uh it was funny when ferrari posted yeah admin got a little too excited with the scenery in the moment that they posted the wrong video and then this shows like the poetry emotion with a perfect pit stop so it was just hilarious that we're not even at this we're not even at preseason testing yet john and Ferrari seemed to screw up strategy um, on the, in the, within the team. I mean, yeah. better to screw up now than in the season itself, right? Yeah. I don't know. Any other major news that came out of Ferrari this summer? I don't know. I think Did like it? a certain Lewis Hamilton decided to join the team. I, I Sorry, I meant to say winter break. I think this is my first time to publicly talk about it because I didn't get any media requests on Twitter. <laughs> go off, King. I want to hear it. Let's go. You lose. For me... It has been like one of those moments where you have someone like his his caliber coming over to a team like Ferrari. He's accomplished so much at Mercedes and at McLaren. I think what better way to win his eighth title with the team that like Michael Schumacher raced on? I I do there are, I guess, some some understandings and like let's let's be real. I think Carlos Sainz, you know, when a when a major driver comes over, who's gonna go? Like Marinello has put all their eggs in their in one basket with Charles with Leclerc. And that's like I get it, but Carlos Sainz has proven himself in a Ferrari car and he's actually won two races. He's he's bagged a lot of podiums. So like you kind of feel bad for Carlos Sainz. And I think what happens is he's going to probably go to Audi. I think that's what everyone is kind of like, that's the rumors going around, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. It's kind of, it's finally, it's that weird feeling though. It's like, let's say if you play for the Toronto Maple Leafs for all your careers, then you go over to the Montreal Canadians or like, it, it it's going to be weird to see him in a Ferrari, but like, I can only imagine like it, when they announced this, the support of him went up or I mean, the stock went up clothing design, the clothing brand like i can only imagine what's going to happen with him and um i think it's going to take a couple first couple of races for me but like i'll get it like i'll i'm excited to see him drive a, a i think car. stocks total went up like a valuation thing was like six billion six billion dollars oh my goodness as a result of like this decision and you know you see the north american sports with a team like first it's like peyton manning going from the indianapolis colts to the denver broncos right tom brady lifelong new england pitcher i know that lewis had uh, he won a championship with uh, McLaren. We can't forget those McLaren days in terms of start. Everyone, when they think of Lewis Hamilton, right, it's his dominance with Mercedes. And, you know, that's the team that the, a lot of, you know, people would be synonymous with Lewis Hamilton, right? So it's kind of like when Tom Brady, you know, lifelong Patriot goes from New England to Tampa Bay, right? It's, it's going to be a whole different look. But honestly, it was a seismic shock in terms of that announcement right i will I, I woke up and i got the saw the news come across my twitter feed and my eyes were just like wow right it just jumped out of my socket because i just couldn't believe the decision and you know with carlos being I mean, with charles being kind of you know a front runner to be like their number one driver before that it was an extension towards like the end of the 29th i think it's the 2029 season right the fact that you have lewis and charles uh as your two drivers for the next couple seasons after this year which again i find the timing very odd right <laughs> because this announcement was made a literally a full year plus before yeah. the start of the 2025 season and i didn't realize you could really do that and that's the kind of 
this is what kind of started the silly season out of the gate for this year. Well, and not only that, and I think that can like throw a lot of people off because you got, if you think about it, feeling of, of, of Lewis in Mercedes in his last year. And what is the feeling of Carlos Sainz in his last year? Like, cause you want to keep them to stay motivated because, and again, like you want to get a better constructors position uh, for your team. Yeah. I can understand both sides of the argument and like, yeah, you might have two very dominant drivers on your team, but like the begs the question, who's going to be quote unquote, number one, because we always talk about it. It is a team sport, but they always look at Red Bull. They, Max Verstappen over Sergio Perez. So it's like, I'm curious to kind of going to see how that goes. But yeah, like, I don't think it's going to be real until I see him actually put on the Ferrari jacket for the first time. Yeah. And, um, or the suit. My I don't, like, I, this is going to be an integral part year for Carlos because I know that he's been situated to go to Audi in 2026, or that's what the rumor is. But he needs a, he needs somewhere to drive for 2025. Right. And there are so many openings, right? It's still like there's a lot of drivers that need to be signed for the next season coming up that this, you know, this could be an opportunity to really showcase why he's a threat uh, in F1 because he is yeah. a fantastic driver. Yeah, there's no question about that. He's proven himself with McLaren and he's proven himself. Yeah, I think he's had his best years at Ferrari and I think we've kind of seen seen that. I think he's at his peak as a career or getting to it. So I guess let's move up to... There's a lot of talk about Lewis. So let's talk about Lewis's current team right now, Mercedes. They brought back the Silver Arrows because they Mercedes is known for the, being the Silver Arrows. So their whole nose has the silver. It is a predominantly black car, but it, it's nice to kind of see that silver into it. So I like it because like that's the one thing I didn't like about the all black car. And I can only imagine if you're driving a car that's all black, it's probably really hot too. Um, and... I don't know. I, I I like it. I think it's. I'm gonna give it probably like a seven point five. Yeah, I I love it in the sense that a re, it, it's a branding of the current you know direction of you know with Formula One or, or what Mercedes has been right since the you know since 2020 in terms of the transitioning of the car, but then also it paid an homage to the Silver Arrow. Right, I think it's a really sleek design in terms of that nose is more of the silver component right in the top, and then the side pod is that more of that carbon fiber look. Uh, they do have the INEOS uh, red logo at the top as well to kind of bring it all together. And I think it's going to be a really clean car to see on the grid this year. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Mercedes black livery as well, just based on the slick design. I think it's a cool marriage between the two of them. Toto found out the news during a lunch planned with, with Lewis. I think he said he was not surprised about it. And then like, who will be replacing him at Mercedes? Could it be a Fernando Alonso? Could it be Esteban Ocon? Do you move Mick Schumacher up? So there's a lot of like yeah. going through George's head. He's like, okay, well, if you're out, like you should prioritize me for this season. In his time with Mercedes, Lewis has won 82 Grand Prix. He's won six World Constructors Championships, a number of World Drivers. He's set the tied the record with Mercedes in terms of World Drivers Championships with Schumacher. It's a, it's a weird scenario because the rumors going around in terms of why he wasn't why Mercedes didn't want to resign him was quite shocking actually in the sense that Mercedes or Lewis want Lewis wanted an extended deal, but he also wanted a ambassador role associated with the team which uh, rumor has it was going to be around $250 million over a 10-year span that was going to see him be an ambassador to to Mercedes for until 2035. And Mercedes board of directors effectively said no to that request. And I was shocked because look at what Lewis has done for that team, right? Without Lewis, I don't know if you win six World Drivers champ Constructors Championships. I don't know you become such a prominent force in F1 without 
him being uh, with with him in your outfit right it's just i was shocked to see, to see her that he you know they didn't want to demand his man and that's when john elkin like the president of ferrari stepped right in and said hell yeah we'll give you the money we'll give you it's gonna be like i think it's gonna be 400 million euros over the next 10 seasons to help him drive for racing as well as being an ambassador role supporting projects like uh like the uh what is it called the mission 44 right and being transforming to ambassador ferrari and it was a perfect timing for ferrari to get that decision but i just i was i was overall shocked that mercedes said no to that idea again with the timing right having a breakfast before it's like we're like three weeks before testing and it's kind of or, you know a couple months before testing and a guy gets announced right that in 2025 it kind of feels like you know toto and lewis are were you know we're together going on like a week-long vacation to an all-inclusive resort and uh during the before the flight even happened they broke up and now they have to spend a whole week a whole year together with kind of like that, maybe not a little animosity, but obviously there's going to be a little bit of resentment, I think, for both sides. Just it's kind of natural how people are, right, in terms of this, in terms of how that decision's made. But it's going to be a weird season in the Mercedes camp. I think they're going to do everything in their power to have Lewis win uh, their his eighth World Driver Championship. But George Russell's going to be starting to think, okay, this is definitely now my team. Why don't I now start moving into that number one driver's role? as well and in terms of a replacement there are a multitude and even they've talked about uh formula three wonder kid kimmy antonelli as one who could replace uh lewis at mercedes in 2025 so really interesting to see what comes from that it'll be nice if we could see someone like new in the sport just because we've kind of had the same rinse and repeat of drivers so i'm i'm wondering how that's all going to play out. The number one team based on their car launch. So, so sorry, sorry to interrupt Andrew, but just also like Max Verstappen has been doing all these other races or, or I don't know what you call them. Go-karting online racing. And, racing. He's still, and he's still kicking butt. I don't know if you've been seeing this on Reddit all day. Oh yeah. He's just him and his esports team. Just it, it, he, he loves it. He loves, he just loves racing. And honestly, like if you ever watch his sim racing videos, he's just a different person around his friends in the sense that he's more laid back, more relaxed, more fun. I think it's a good side that we can see of him on uh, considering how cutthroat and ruthless he is in Formula One. So I don't know. What did you think of the, the Red Bull's new car this year? I think the, uh, the livery has not changed whatsoever because it's it's now become kind of like that classic Red Bull design um, for the livery. I do say so. The car has significantly changed. There's no side pods, John. They are going to take... This would be hilarious. They're gonna take Mercedes, no zero pod, zero, no side pod got like knew he's gonna take that no side pod content design, incorporate that into <laughs> Red Bull. And if Red Bull win all 24 races this season, it's gonna make Mercedes look like the biggest fools in the world. I mean, the thing is that because it's the same car, like nothing like in terms of like the color and, and scheme, like nothing really, I don't think really changed. Do you really give it a high rating? Are you just going to, do we just stick to status quo or? I'm going to stick to status quo on the livery update. I'm going to give it like, a, you know, a six and a half because I think the Red Bull branding is really neat in that sense. But um, again, it's the same, it's the same livery as, you know, last year. You kind of want to see some form of variation. But I really think though, that this is one of the most technologically advanced cars, like even so much innovative in that, you know, guys like us who do this for, you know, who have followed the sport more of a for fun basis and, you know, don't really know all the technical aspects ins and out. We can see 
that this is a revolutionary car. And I don't know if you saw them do the, uh, they're doing some testing out at Silverstone the other day. And the way that car sounded, it Especially sounded wasn't like it a the rain. Yeah. Ooh, it sounded like a rocket ship. Uh, I, I mean, I can't wait for the season to start. <laughs> I mean, as a Ferrari fan, right? You had all these high hopes that, you know, you think you start challenging the biggest season. Is any team in the top that, that could be contending Red Bull? But from the looks of it, it must be so demoralizing because that car could win 24 races this season. I'm not lying. In by like a margin of 30 plus seconds. Let's hope not. <laughs> But probably. So I guess that that ends our uh, review of all the car liveries. I think we gave some pretty fair scores and I think we, some surprises. So um, you're going to wrap up season four, episode two of the F1 podcast. I'm here with Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much. Why don't you do the honors? Actually, before we get there, make sure we see you guys at Trinity Common on March 2nd. Please send us a note on Instagram if you need, have any questions, because I know we've gotten a couple about reservations and seats uh for our section it is the first come first serve so we do encourage i think we'll be on site probably 9 30 as usual or 9 45 but recommend coming anytime 9 45 with the races at 10 so yeah i guess we'll send it off andrew and we'll see you in two weeks thank you john thank you everybody for listening to season four wow season four already episode two of the f1 podcast yes my name is andrew clary along with jonathan ricci uh, we thank you so much uh, for listening to our podcast. You know, we can follow us on Instagram at F1.podcast. Follow us on TikTok at F1.podcast. Also follow us at Apple, YouTube, and Spotify to where you can listen to our podcast episodes. Season four, episode three will be coming up. We'll be doing a full review or preview of the F1 season, sharing our thoughts and predictions of what might transpire in the next upcoming 24 races, uh, as well as we want you to send us your predictions so that we could share on the podcast and see how those come in fruition. We're also going to be creating our F1 podcast fantasy league within the next week or so. So stay tuned to that. We'll have more information on season, season four, episode three regards to that. But lo and behold, this is the season four, episode two podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We shall see what these look like on track with preseason testing coming up this next week. And uh, look forward to our preview episode so hope to hear from you soon and have a wonderful day